You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon. Or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Add time. Hey guys, so as you may know, Sierra and I use uh, Anchor to record our podcast. It's really the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. They also provide you with creation tools, which allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your cell phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. The best part is that you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Just make sure you download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm your co-host, Daniela. Welcome to Making Sense of Success, a podcast dedicated to finding the meaning of success and empowerment. Stay tuned every Saturday for new episodes. You can find us on Instagram at makingsenseofsuccess.pod. Please feel free to email us at makingsenseofsuccess at gmail.com if you'd be interested in sharing your stories of success and empowerment. Anyways, did you want to give us a little bio about yourself, who you are, what you do, your favorite color? My favorite color. Yes, I got you. So if you don't know, the name is Brie Martinez and I grew up in a little, I feel like a lot of people don't know this about me, but I grew up in a really small population 200 town in Oregon. So West Coast, a lot of people don't even know where Oregon is, but we're here, we're there and it's just a very green kind of rainy place and I grew up in a very like country rural farming town. And I am surprised that I made it out because most people don't. (laughs) And eventually I just, I had always been taller than most girls and a little bit curvier than most girls. There wasn't really a lot of girls that looked like me growing up. And I was just in a very like Caucasian environment, which is fine, but it just was kind of a struggle for me to find representation growing up. So eventually I think when I was able to form a conscience and figure out all these things that you go through when you're growing up and going through just growing pains, you know, getting boobs and your hips widening and things like this. It was kind of strange for me that maybe my hips were widening more than other girls or why does my body look different or why is my skin tone a little bit different? And, you know, why am I like, I don't fit in with all of the white girls, but I also don't fit in with the full hip Hispanic or Latin American girls. So I've always kind of identified with feeling like I don't fit in with a group. Then fast forward, I make it through high school, I go off to college. And I ended up going to college in Portland, which is a city in Oregon, although it's not a huge city in comparison to other cities in the world. And that's kind of where I really like opened up my eyes opened, I got to experience 
the real world, as everyone says, and just really was able to like think for myself, make new decisions for myself and be in a new environment where I finally saw people that looked like me and people that I could relate with on a level that I'd never been able to relate with before. And then eventually, I think Instagram was kind of popular. I was posting photos on Instagram, but I didn't really know what I was going to do or if I could even make a job out of this. It wasn't really that time where people were really monetizing their platforms like that. I think it was just starting to begin. I don't even know when YouTube became monetized, but I know for years there was you couldn't make any money off of YouTube. And eventually, you know, I graduated college. I actually have two degrees that I, I don't use, but it's okay. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be who I am and I wouldn't be where I am right now if I didn't go through college. But college was a rough time for me just mentally. I think anyone who goes through college knows it can be so difficult, very straining and just it's hard. It's hard, man. So if anyone is in college, congratulations for just making it there and surviving because it is a struggle. And then once I made it out, well, while I was still in college, I was starting to get more active on Twitter, threw out a tweet from like a, a little viral thing that was going on, hashtag tall girl Twitter. And eventually I, I met my boyfriend from that tweet. And the reason I mentioned my boyfriend is because when I met him, that was the first person I'd ever met that was a YouTuber. I had no idea what a YouTuber was. I was the type of person I didn't watch YouTube yet. I would just go onto YouTube if I needed to figure out how to do something. Like I would Google, how do I change a tire on a car? Something like that. That's when I would watch, watch these YouTube videos. But then when I met my boyfriend, it was kind of the realization for me that, oh my gosh, like the click happened in my head. This is the thing I've always wanted to do but I never knew it was a thing. And then from there, I started my journey with YouTube and Instagram. Like it all just kind of tied in together with social media and just cross-platforming. And I think when I started out, I, I didn't start out with the straight body positivity, although I think I've always tried to carry myself that way. But around, I would say like three to six months into starting YouTube, I actually got diagnosed with hypothyroidism. And that is a deficiency in your thyroid hormones. So it actually is harder for you to lose weight. And for myself, I actually put on about 30 to 40 pounds in three months. So my body went through a huge change. And I had to kind of adjust to life in this new body that I wasn't used to being in and through that I had to go on my own journey of self-love and finding my confidence again and just really truly learning how to love myself on the inside before I can really accept and love my body on the outside and also I was like what the mid-20s like beginning of my 20s which is just a quarter-life crisis I feel like for everyone and it's just a difficult time in people's lives because they might just be finishing college or high school and they're kind of at that step where they don't know what they want to do for the rest of their lives. And so I, there was just a lot going on. And actually, because of my weight gain, I had actually signed 
to a modeling agency, which I wouldn't have been able to sign with if I didn't go through that weight gain, which is crazy to think about. And honestly, I don't think I would be here now if I hadn't gone through that, which is just crazy because in the time I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going on, what's happening to my body. But now I look back at it as a blessing because it was such a huge life experience, a personal growth for me, just emotionally, physically, mentally, of course. And also it was great being in a relationship with my boyfriend at the time because it's just nice to have that feeling that someone's going to love you through things like that. Because I think a lot of people put pressure on women to look a certain way and if you gain weight your boyfriend's gonna break up with you or your partner girlfriend whatever it is so it was nice to go through that journey with him and him you know be there with me and love me throughout all of it (laughs) never complain once but so that that's kind of what led me into being becoming a plus size model and you know from then I, I haven't looked back I just keep keep going, keep trying to, with my own experiences, trying to help other people, you know, overcome things that are happening in their life or the hate that they receive or the way that they look and just really try and go through that journey of self-love as well, which there is no end point to, you know, you're always going to have things that come up and insecurities that, that might creep in and just trying to love yourself throughout the process totally understandable so like it's my story yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful story like and thank you so much for sharing that yeah of course over your journey of life um that you just told us what has been the i mean you already said the best part um so i'm just gonna ask a different question anyways um, <laughs> I can cut that out. um what does success mean to you knowing that you did do all of that and where you are now so this is this is actually a question that I think about a lot because I live in a house if you don't I mean I'm I don't know if you know but I live in a house full of other YouTubers so I live with my boyfriend and then all of his friends who are actually a group on YouTube and so I'm surrounded with people who are are so successful like have bought homes for themselves at 21 and are just investing in in all of these things they're so successful and here I am 26 you know still trying still trying in my eyes in comparison to them I'm I'm not successful or not as successful but to someone who may just be starting out like they're looking up to me so it's crazy how this cycle goes around of like you might hit certain points but you still don't consider yourself successful because once you hit that goal there's a new goal that's coming up there's constantly new goals and new things you want to achieve coming up so it's hard to actually sit down and tell yourself hey you're successful doing good sweet you're doing great sweetie but for me um I think there's different ways that we all view success some people it might be you know monetary or physical gain things like that but for me recently I've really started to sit down and think about what makes me feel successful and for me it's not really the numbers and I try and remind myself that that the numbers for me is not what's successful for me what's successful is being able to change at least one person's life if I receive one dm from someone telling me how much 
whatever I've posted or whatever I've shown I've done has helped change their life and change the way that they feel about themselves, that that's truly what success to me. And it, it honestly makes everything that I go through, all of the bad parts of being online and being on social media and people, you know, analyzing and critiquing your life and spewing hate like the little kids do it it (laughs) makes it all worth it (laughs) because when you when you are plus size in a world where 12 year olds I hate to say 12 year olds but I don't know why we always say 12 like (laughs) but I have to remind myself that 12 year olds okay when they are in school I know we're in a pandemic right now but when they're in school they're surrounded by mainly, you know, girls, girls who have not gone through puberty. They haven't gone through puberty themselves. So the environment that they're in is probably, you know, it is probably really small girls who don't wear a lot of makeup, which is fine. But like I said, they just haven't gone through puberty yet. And then also the way that society portrays an idealistic body, you never see a plus size body in that, you know? And if, Definitely, if you yeah. do see a curvaceous body, Sometimes the curves, they, you know, they aren't naturally attained, which, I mean, do whatever you want with your body. If you want to get surgery, go for it. But I think there's there's an issue that comes with portraying curves in a certain way, like super smoothed out, no cellulite, no, you know, hip dips, whatever it may be, that it kind of leaves the rest of us out of the conversation and then it starts young, like it starts young when you're growing up as a little boy, you're learned to think that, you know, fat is ugly. So then I get all these little kids who are just, you know, they haven't gone through puberty and all that they see around them is just small, straight size, like quote unquote skinny. I don't really like to use the term skinny because Mm -hmm. it's a relative term with different definitions to everyone. But so when they see me, it's like, they just want to attack 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 how do you deal with that then like how do you cope with that because I can imagine like it it can't be easy you know to have to like see those comments sometimes go up or get like hate dms you know yeah so in the beginning so I hadn't really received like hate from my own platforms until I started to date my boyfriend oh wow because I just didn't really have a lot of like little boy followers but then when I started to get introduced to my boyfriend's platform that's when I started to receive you know little boy followers and attention from little boys and that's when the hate started to come in and also um he's kind of popular in like the online gaming community and in that community that's just kind of how they interact with one another is you know trolling like that's their way of interacting so in the beginning it was oh my gosh it was so hard it was so much at once and something I just never experienced before that I there's some days where I would lock myself in the closet (laughs) to be away from my phone be away from my computer and away from my boyfriend because I just couldn't do it anymore wow it was just it's hard it was a hard thing to go through of just being kind of thrown into this world where you know people are just hating on you and it's funny because when it first started I was I was so small in comparison to what I am now this was before the hypothyroidism this was before I had gained 30 to 40 pounds 
I was probably the smallest I can remember myself being in my adult life. And to think that back then, looking back then, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so skinny, <laughs> quote unquote skinny. But it's funny how we look back at times in our lives and we're like, oh my gosh, I used to think I was so fat then. But in reality, you know, I wasn't body dysmorphia going off of my head. So when you're receiving all these comments, it almost, it's just hard not to consume some of them and internalize some of them. And there's times where people point out things that you don't even notice about yourself or about your relationship or friendships or things in your life. And then someone says it, and then it's hard to erase reading that sentence in your brain. And then you're starting to think about it. And then it's so easy to just kind of go off in a tangent and, you know, like, just think, oh, my gosh, what if they are right? What if this person does feel this way about me or whatever it may be? If it's something personal about my body, then it's like, oh, I didn't notice that I had that before. But now that you pointed out, wow, maybe I do have this. And should I be insecure about this? Like, is this something that I should try and change? And so in the beginning, yeah, it was really, really hard. But over time, I just, I just had to learn to not take anything that they say seriously. And also that a lot of people who spew hate online are going through, you know, personal problems. They have personal things, pain that they're going through that there might be something about you specifically that triggers that for them. And that's why they spew so much hate towards you. Absolutely. And then I think also the older, older that you get, the more you just, you really don't care. <laughs> so yeah, the older that I've gotten, I just, I just care so much less. Like I really could care less. <laughs> that's, that's how, but in the beginning it was really, really hard. And it does take a toll. I think a lot of people think, oh, it's just an online comment, whatever it is, what it is, but it can really take a toll on personal relationships. And I think for my situation, because a lot of the hate I get is from his fans, it makes him feel horrible. Because Are you guys really like, public with your relationship? Well, that's kind of why we aren't. Well, it's not even that, but you know, we do post each other here and there and occasionally we'll do a video here and there on each other's channels or something like that. But we really try and just keep our our platforms to our content. So I've tried to just build my content to not involve him and vice versa. Because we we just aren't, you know, we're not not that there's anything wrong with it, but we don't like to do like couples things online just yeah. because it's hard to not fall into you know where is the line of real life and internet and when do you start just doing things for the views and not just because you know you love your partner and you want to do something fun with your partner so since we aren't in each other's content as much it definitely helps not get hate comments but I still get them all the time which now I just don't care and now I have found, for me, it, it brings me joy to <laughs> do, like, a lighthearted clapback. I think just makes me find a way to, you know, take something that is meant to be hateful toward me and kind of just turn it into taking it for my own and making it something that's 
just kind of funny and helps me just laugh it off instead of actually you know being hurt by the comment that's made and then at the same time help other women and even men and gender non-conforming any person ever to kind of realize that hey this person that I look up to still gets a lot of hate even though I might think they're perfect or whatever and she just laughs it off and keeps doing her thing so well, it's also hard, like, even in this type of, like, day and age, like, the validation that people put on social media about their relationship, like, people are yeah. like, um, social media is the only way my relationship is valid, and, like, <laughs> it's so easy to get sucked up in that um, idea, because, like, that's literally the time that we're in, and we're like, if you don't like my picture, you don't like my relationship, like, what the heck? Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm... like, so crazy that, like, People lived without social media for literally their entire lives. And now we're like, we can't live without it. This relationship doesn't exist without it. And it's nice to know that, like, you guys do have such a strong relationship and strong, like, feelings toward each other that you can recognize not having to be literally all over each other's Instagram, but still have such a strong connection. And, like, sometimes it does hurt, like... 100 percent. you're like oh he can't like post this cute picture of me but then you're yeah. also like literally that's who cares like he loves me that's <laughs> all that matters there's i think i can't speak for every woman but i think there there are times when you know you like to be shown off or you like to feel like oh my gosh like this is just a cute random unexpected appreciation post i think that's you know nice in a relationship although it's not needed but it's it's you really have to just understand that um I always say people when people ask like oh where's your boyfriend although he you know he is on my Instagram maybe one in every 20 posts or something like that but some people will be like oh my gosh are you guys still together I haven't seen you post in a while like are you guys this and that whatever ma'am <laughs> I sleep next to him every single night. We have two dogs together. We live together. We see each other every single day. Like, every single night, we're in bed next to each other. For the past three and a half years living together, four and a half years of being together. So, just because we aren't posting each other on social media doesn't mean I'm not sleeping next to him every single night. And also, I always say that social media is my job and my relationship isn't. So for for our mental health and the benefit of our relationship, it's just so much easier if we do things on our own terms and we don't feel forced or pressured by other people to show off our relationship. Because when you start to do that, then it's almost like you said, you're seeking validation from other people from something that's already validated in real life. And then it becomes toxic and you have to really, it is a struggle to keep the toxicity from the internet from seeping into your real life and especially your relationship especially when you're both in social media for a job so it's it's definitely I'm not gonna say it's easy because it's not easy you know we we have our arguments we have our fights like any couple and you know we have conversations about the same topic it, it's still something that we, sh we struggle with we're not perfect at but we're getting there <laughs> we, we're trying to just have a good balance and 
it's nice to just be able to separate the online and have time in real life. Definitely. You mentioned some other challenges you also had faced um, with gaining weight and being diagnosed with your thyroid condition. Um, are, what are some other challenges, I guess, that you experienced throughout your journey and um, especially into like social media? And how did you cope with yeah. that? So, um, yeah, one just, yeah, like I said, the gaining weight thing and also I'm tall. I don't, I don't know why. It's not like it's the end of the world, but I think there's just a lot of things that society tells women that they should be. 100%. So when you aren't those, when you aren't those things, it's kind of, I, I, when I was single, I used to think, oh my gosh, am I like ever going to find a man? Should I be able to wear heels? Like these were questions that people would ask me. I would ask myself, you know, if I'm six feet tall, what do I need to wear heels for? Or if I wear heels, I'm going to be taller than my boyfriend to all my exes, you know, not my current one, <laughs> but you know, um, I, I'd always been, you know, so tall and I'd never dated a man that was over like six too and I get so many other tall girls that ask me how are you like comfortable wearing heels and I'm like I just don't care anymore <laughs> I think obviously it's easy when your boyfriend is 6'10 like my boyfriend is wow but, yeah he's a giant but even even when I wasn't with him you know I would go to Vegas and I would wear my heels and I would wear my heels because they make me happy and if any man can feel emasculated by a pair of heels then that's just not the man for me and it's kind of like the topic with makeup you know we don't wear makeup to appeal to men we wear makeup because it makes us happy because we like the way that we look we know we don't need it no one needs makeup no one really needs a lot in life. We need food and water, and, <laughs> you know? So no one needs heels. No one needs makeup, but we do these things because it makes us happy. And I've gotten to the point where I stop trying to answer to people when they like ask me these questions, not here in this instance, but you know, on social media when they're like, why do you wear heels? Things like that. Or how are you so comfortable wearing them when you're so tall? I just like to do it. And that's my prerogative. And I'm tired of having to explain my choices. This is just the way it is. And I think the more that people start doing things like that, especially comments when it's like, oh my gosh, you're so confident. I want to be confident like you in a picture where I'm wearing a swimsuit. It's like, why, why are you telling me this but you aren't telling someone who is a size two this for sure color. yeah so. my aunt like along with that tall thing like my aunt one of my I'm very short I'm like five foot so like <laughs> you know I wish I was a little bit shorter but whatever I was born the way I am right my exactly, aunt you're born the way you were exactly my aunt is like six foot and she like I'm pretty sure when I was like a kid she dated obviously people who were just a tad bit taller than her but she um, had married, like, um, a retired NBA player who's seven foot tall. And, like, Jeez. yeah, so she's obviously living her best life. But, like, <laughs> even growing up, I can never remember an instance where she, like, complained about 
her height because like she loved who she is and all of her sisters are extremely tall i'm not like blood related to her hence why i'm like five foot nothing but like you know mom's best friend you know the type of aunt like mom's friend anyways so like it's nice to see that she still was able to do that and set a good standard for all of the younger women around her um to do whatever literally makes you feel good and not care about what other people think because who cares what other people think your brain's your brain your skull is your skull you know I can't break it down <laughs> as long as you're not down. harming people or being crazy mm-hmm. you might exactly. as well just you know live your best life and and I, I do think it comes with age I do I really think it comes with age that the older that you get you really you just don't care anymore you just you know you spent all these years trying to appease other people or even we're on the journey of just finding yourself and finding out who you want to be and once you become that person you just you don't want to have to defend it you just want to be who you are and that's me and take it or leave it so that's that's how I feel I'm at that point you know this is me and if if I change if I look different in the future that's that's still me and take it or leave it (laughs) I'm honestly so thankful like I I found your page when I was probably about like your YouTube page when maybe at the beginning of my university end of high school kind of um Mm -hmm. and like I went to a predominantly like um white high school um and even then like growing up with Hispanic parents Latin American parents um I don't know like yeah you don't really look like everyone you know and I've never been skinny either like I've always struggled Mm -hmm. with my weight um so I was so thankful when I like came across your page because you were there was so much about body positivity and embracing, you know what I mean, who you are and like what you have to offer. So like I really want to thank you for like putting those messages out there because it was the first time I was ever really exposed to that, especially being from as you probably know like in Latin American culture, um, there's like a lot of standards for women to meet, especially yeah. physically. So it's hard. Yeah. Yes. Well, ah, I'm glad that you found me. And thank you for thank you for watching. Yeah, I I feel you in the fact, especially in like Latin American culture, like you said. There's, I think, in the United States, in like U.S. culture, U.S. families, we don't really have a, like we have traditions, but I think Latin American culture is just so traditional and. It's just hard to to break out of those societal standards that have been pushed in all the telenovelas for for decades, <laughs> and you know things like that. It's hard to kind of change a a culture that's I think a little bit more conservative than you know what we live in now. And I think for me too, I I. So I am obviously, I'm Guatemalan, I'm half Guatemalan, but I was completely born in the United States. So like most U.S. citizens, our ancestors might be from somewhere else (laughs) because, you know, we came here and stole land, but our ancestors might be from somewhere else, but I'm a U.S. citizen. So I never had that experience of growing up in Central America. Mm -hmm. I just, I never did. So I will never be able to relate to um like I guess the Latin American community it's hard for me to relate because I have a I'm half Hispanic my father is Guatemalan but my mother is German and 
I actually grew up without my father who actually never even learned Spanish himself. My mother, my white mother, lived in Spain for some time and is completely fluent in Spanish, but my father was jealous of the fact that she could speak Spanish and he couldn't, so he didn't allow her to teach us Spanish. So I feel like it's almost, you know, quite literally left out of the conversation. And I feel like when your culture is kind of tied to a language and you don't know that language, you feel left out of your culture. And so for me too, when I was growing up, like I said in the beginning, I felt like I didn't fit in with, you know, the white kids and I didn't really completely fit in with all of the Hispanic kids or Latin American or Spain, Spanish kids that I was around. So I was kind of trying to find, you know, where do I fit in, in this place, in society, you know, who do I identify with? And now growing up, one thing that I really, really want to do before I have children is learn Spanish. I know somewhat, like I know some words, I know some sentences here and there, but I think the older I become, the more I realize, you know, I don't want my children to feel the way that I did. And they're going to be even more culturally diverse than their mother was. And I really want to be able to teach them Spanish. You know, their abuelita knows Spanish. And <laughs> I want to be able to teach them too and teach their dad Spanish at the same time, hopefully. So I think there's just certain things. That's just an example of how you can feel left out and I think when you're plus size it feels like that in in a society that's catered toward non plus size people or non-fat people or whatever you identify as you might not even be plus size but you you still can't find clothes and to touch on like recent events that are going on <laughs> I think a lot of people are starting to like come down on fast fashion which I, you know, I completely agree with having ethical companies and paying people wages that they deserve. But I think it's a struggle as someone who is, is bigger and fast fashion is really all that's available for you. Yeah. There aren't really, I mean, you can go. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I um like right now I'm really feeling the pressure of you know not working with certain brands there's a lot of brands on the list so I'm not talking about anyone specifically but there's a lot that's come out about a lot of brands recently and it's it's hard one when you're a working model you you don't if you get booked for a job you get booked for a job and you don't have a lot of control over you know what what jobs book you but as an, an influencer you can control the brands that you work with but you know sometimes we sign contracts months ahead and sometimes we're stuck in these contracts for so long and it's hard to really voice our opinions on these situations without like being liable to you know whatever they the company decides they want to do with us you know they could try and take legal action things like that but it's hard because it's not like us as plus size women that the ones that I've spoken to about this topic, it's not that we want to defend these brands or defend the idea of unethical or unsustainable working, working environments in companies, but it's hard when there, there aren't really any other options for you. 
So then the question is, well, if we can't shop there, then we can't shop here. Where can we shop? Yeah, I can imagine, like, it's difficult in that way because, um, like, if the companies, the only companies that are, like, producing right, um, like, these size ranges, you know what I mean, that are all inclusive of bodies, um, Mm -hmm. are these, like, bigger companies and manufacturers. It's really hard to um, be able to find clothing, I guess, like, in more, like, sustainable and ethical ways then if, like, the market isn't out there for it. Yeah, and then, and then... You know, when there is the occasional size inclusive but ethical company, it's very expensive, which for me, you know, I'm blessed enough to be in a position where I can afford. But I think in the United States, at least, a lot of people, they can't afford that. The only thing they can afford is fast fashion. And that's an even larger topic of, (laughs) you know, the minimum wage in this country being too low and the cost of living being so high that it's just like I said a lot of people all they can afford is fast fashion and they don't even want to pay the fast fashion prices and when people that's all they can afford companies try and you know outsource their labor outsource their garments and try and cut the cost as much as they can so that they can make a profit and it's just the cycle itself is toxic and Maybe one day I'll be able to, you know, come out with my own clothes that are ethically made. We would love that. (laughs) I think in the future that that is something I really want to do. And I also want to make it, you know, friendly for people who have certain disabilities, like people who are in wheelchairs. You know, it is hard for them to use certain types of materials or the people who might take care of them or dress them. So those are things that I think about. And I think for me, the future, that's that's something that's on the list, especially with everything that's going on now and the pressure. I do feel the pressure and it's hard because I, I wanna try and be better, but it's hard when there isn't really too much that's better out there. I mean, everyone says you can just go thrifting, but I mean, we can't really go thrifting in a pandemic, can we? True. So that is really true, and I think that's such like a great idea you brought up. Like we would, I'm sure Sierra and I would love to see that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a dream. That's I think in the in the next year, I I'll be moving on to the next chapter of my life of finally be getting like a home with my boyfriend instead of living with all of his friends although (laughs) it's been great it's been great you know it's been fun it's kind of like you live in in a filming studio all the time because you never know like what kind of random fun exciting video is going to be filmed that day but yeah I'm just kind of ready for the next chapter of trying to find a home I'm trying to get a third dog. I love my dogs and we want to get a third dog, but we want to have a bigger yard for them. And then, then I can kind of tackle those topics, those things, those dreams that I've had for a while, but I've just kind of put on hold until I was in the right circumstances to, to really go after. Absolutely. And I think those are such like great goals, you know, like you have kind of like your outline, 
Um, as we start to wrap up the end of the podcast, we do like to ask like these two main questions, one of them being a little bit bigger. So totally take some time to think about it if you need. But the question is, what do you want <laughs> okay. um, our listeners to take away from this episode? Oh my goodness, that is a big question. <laughs> Sorry, I know. <laughs> I guess I guess I have an answer. <laughs> I guess I have an answer. So I think just with me and my whole brand, although I don't even like to call it a brand because it's just who I am, <laughs> just how I carry myself. And I also portray it on social media to portray who I am and try and be as genuine as possible is to really stop caring what other people think about you. A thing that I always say is at the end of the day, the only person that has to live with you is you. You are the only person that, you know, can't just get up and walk out of your own life. You, you are, as TikTok says, the main character. So be <laughs> the main character and Make sure that you're you're doing what you can to be happy on the inside. And once you're happy on the inside, you will be happy on the outside. I think it's just really hard for people. You have to question a lot of things that you've been taught from since you were young. Question, you know, why why don't I like my quote unquote ethnic looking nose? Why there's why don't I like my skin color? Why don't I like these things? Ask yourself, do I really not like this? Or is it just society telling me that I should look a certain way so I feel like I have to change? And that can go with personality too. There might be certain personality traits or like being quirky or being an e-girl. I don't know, certain things that might be a trend, but your yourself, your life is not a trend. So you need to just make sure that you can find what brings you joy, what brings you happiness. And then just do it. Just live your life and be happy and don't take ish from anyone. <laughs> and don't feel the need to like explain yourself if you don't want to. Just go out there and be unapologetically you. That's a beautiful message. Thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> Thank you. And as for our uh, last question, um, are there any local small businesses you'd like to give a shout out to? Um, oh my you know, as we're disregarding fast fashion. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I actually just made a post yesterday. So there are some that I love that specifically have options available for, you know, curvy people as well as non-curvy people. That's awesome. And then some of them aren't, aren't even, you know, clothes. They have certain things, but, um, Mrs. Bree is one they have some swimsuits mary x death is one these are all on instagram too um, also some swimsuits and lizzo's been wearing the swimsuits all the time so that's those are two of my friends they're also curved models and these are all black owned as well so really nice so mary x death is that one she has some swimsuits shop babes which is for the company babes and feline they have they cater to straight size and plus size which is nice and yeah they just have some like cute trendy clothes that's also black owned kai collective is another good one sorella boutique is another good one and if you ever and if anyone ever comes to la and goes to melrose they have a store there as well 
Reb Dolls is amazing. They have straight size and plus size clothes. The Honey Pot Co. is a good one. They are black owned and they're kind of smaller, but they actually are available in Target. And I'm sorry, Canada. I know you don't have Target there, but yeah, we don't. <laughs> your life must suck. No, I'm just kidding. I go to Target. I go to Target all the time. So it's I don't, funny though. I don't no, know how we actually work. we had Target for a couple of years, and it just didn't work in Canada for some reason. Like we just really couldn't latch onto it. Yeah, no, I don't know why. Oh my gosh. I guess it wasn't our thing. I don't know. That's so sad. I'd be so sad. Well, yeah, Um, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. It's been such a pleasure being able to chat with you um, and have everyone feel good about their bodies. Body positivity. Yeah. Self-love. Just good about everything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Self-love, exactly. Love yourselves. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to be here. And thank you for, you know, allowing me to share my story and my message. Of course. Did you want to shout out your socials so that people can find you and connect with you? Oh, yeah. Um, it's Brie Martinez on YouTube. And then just Brie Martinez on Instagram with an extra Z at the end. Two kinds of bacon and all kinds of delicious. Say hello to Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Whatever temperatures this winter brings, your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. We have the right training and support and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant. Whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system, we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes.